You said it, so there you go. He was quoted. You said it. I mean, I, I don't have to say that. I mean, our team knows Stetson's our quarterback. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't – Stetson's done a tremendous job. Stetson has been incredible leader, um, done what we've asked. And you know what? The other two guys have gotten a whole lot better. And I think if you ask them, they're really comfortable back there in the, in, in the pulpit throwing the ball. Uh, because he plays a position where every now and then, you know, he's supposed to drop. But, I mean, you all are – you know, gurus of the game. Um, should we spend a lot of time on him dropping or letting him rush? So his weakness is pass coverage. <laughs> but he helps the pass defense when he sacks the quarterback. So with uh, crowd attendance, we have 20,671. Now there's a lot of social media chatter right now. They're saying that they think the number was larger. So I wanted to ask you from your standpoint, do you think there were more than 20,000 people out there? One billion percent. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who said that you. I don't know who said 20,000. There was more than 20,000 in there. I can promise you that. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And hey, flying solo on this episode, back in the headquarters here in Nashville. But don't worry, we've got a ton to cover here. All these spring games to recap. So much spring game action over the weekend. I'm not even going to be able to get to all of it all this episode. But we're going to go with a couple of the big ones we had over the weekend. And before we go there, little news from the SEC. Some, I think it's great news for Missouri and Tennessee in particular because those two programs set to open like everybody else in the SEC on Saturday, September 3rd. Their home openers, their season openers, I should say, move to September First, Thursday night, we'll, the action starts on Rocky Top with Tennessee facing Ball State, year two of the Josh Heupel era. That's going to be 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on the SEC Network. So the Vols, you know, you're moving a couple of days earlier. I know not everybody's always in favor of that, but I think for the season opener, you'll definitely take it. Nationally televised audience. And the same thing for the Missouri Tigers who are facing Louisiana Tech. In Columbia, that game's going to kick off at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central on ESPNU. So a nationally televised audience for Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers to start year three under their current coach. So I think both these programs, I mean, they're going to be able to sell this, maybe have, uh, you know, these are not the biggest opponents, so maybe it's not going to be a huge recruiting weekend, but anytime you can be on television, nationally televised very few games going to be taking place at, on Thursday so everybody in the college football world is going to be watching these games in particular I think this is a win-win get a little there's so much saturation on a Saturday and of course we get SEC football a few days earlier so I'm all for it but all right been holding off long enough delayed a little bit because of the uh, in-person interview with cousin Shane Let's kick it over to our coverage of some SEC spring football action. All right, so the first spring game we got to talk about, of course, the Florida Gators, who concluded spring on a Thursday night down there in Gainesville after uh, moving the spring game from a Saturday to a Thursday. That's been well documented, and it turned out to be a heck of a decision by Billy Napier and company. If you missed it, 
The announced attendance, 35,000, and it was a strong crowd there in the swamp to see the action between the orange and the blue. And all eyes on Anthony Richardson. How would he look, you know, entering the spring, not even at 100%. He certainly looked like it here in the spring game and far and away in my eyes. And I think uh, just about anybody that uh, watched the spring game, there's a huge, huge step between Jack Miller, who showcased his skill in this game, the, uh, the Ohio State transfer who's got, I believe, four years of eligibility remaining down there in Gainesville. But it's a huge step for going from Jack Miller to Anthony Richardson. The first three drives Anthony Richardson had in the spring game, the offense scored a touchdown. He, was, uh, he did not have a drive that stalled until the second half of the game, and they responded the following drive with another touchdown. So... Anthony Richardson showcasing just his rocket arm, great precision, engineering touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. He threw one in, he ran one in, engineered two other drives that resulted in rushing touchdowns for the Gators. And, you know, there's no need to wait anymore. I mean, there was no doubt really entering the spring. And certainly you got to believe based on what we saw Thursday night in Gainesville. Anthony Richardson is your man down there in Gainesville. And and if he plays up to his potential, certainly, you know, I've thrown it out there. Was last year a fluke when we saw him? It didn't look like it there on, on Thursday night in the spring game. So if he can live up to that massive potential, Florida, certainly one of the biggest wild cards in the SEC. And, you know, while the expectations from the fans are – off the charts and you know everything we put out this offseason fans eat it up you certainly saw that energy that that enthusiasm from the spring game over under win total of seven that's something been well documented i go under on you know i'm still kind of leaning that way with just the uncertainty surrounding the roster but it would not be a surprise if you know this team rallies behind anthony richardson they've got some good running backs it looks like the defense is going to take a significant step up this season in Gainesville would not be surprised at all if Florida makes a huge jump this season and again I continue to say two through four maybe even five if Missouri takes a step up you can put up you could put those teams in any order and I wouldn't argue with you and that includes the Florida Gators coming right out the gate being number two in the SEC East this season under Billy Napier which would set up uh, just one hell of a, a showdown for years to come be- between them dogs and them gators there in the SEC East. But, you know, going back to Jack Miller, looked a lot of inaccurate balls, a lot of passes got away from him. It was his second drive of the game, threw into triple coverage, got intercepted in the road zone, just cannot have that. But, uh, you know, he's such a young player, like I said, multiple, multiple years of eligibility remaining. But it was great to see the fact that Anthony Richardson didn't have those mistakes because he's, this is his first year in the system too. And again, Miller's got potential, but no discussion of him being involved in the starting quarterback battle, I would not think, after what we saw there on Thursday. Anthony Richardson, 13 of 15 for 167 yards, two passing touchdowns in the first half compared to Jack Miller, 10 of 18 104 yards with one interception, no touchdowns there. Now, a big thing we're looking for from the Florida Gators 
this offseason, who will step up at the receiver position. They got a couple guys they can count on, but they really need to see some players that have yet to emerge take a step up in production because you cannot rely on three to four receivers in a season. You're going to need depth at some point. And Jaquavion Frazier's number zero. He looked he looked the part. He's got the potential as a as someone who could help the Gators this season. I thought he had the the build of a quality SEC player. Showcase some big grabs in that game. And Jamarcus West, number eighty two. He was the one that caught uh, out of the slot. Anthony Richardson's first touchdown pass of the spring game made a nice little play. Broke a uh, would-be tackle attempt by Kamar Wilcox in a, a formerly touted recruit there in Gainesville. So, Weston, Frazier's, you got you two potential guys, I think, that uh, could help the Florida Gators this season. That also caught my eye. You know, we wanted to see these running backs in action. Unfortunately, saw a couple drops to the football here. That's, uh, that's going to keep Billy Napier up at night. I saw Bowman fumble the ball. I saw... Montreal Johnson fumbled the ball. Johnson, I believe, recovered the fumble he had, whereas Bowman, he had the drop that uh, resulted in a in a turnover. But let's credit Tyreek Sapp because he was the one that blew it up, just came flying off the, the line of scrimmage. Uh, and I didn't think Bowman had any chance on the play, but you still, you got to hold on to the football there. That was right out the gate that uh, led to another Gator touchdown, thanks to Anthony Richardson on a, a really impressive run there early in the second half of the spring game. And, you know, you got to keep an eye on special teams in a game like this. Number 71, Chris Howard missed a chip shot field goal. You know, that you, know, you hate to see that. And then on the flip side, on the good side here for the Gators, freshman kicker Adam Mihailik nailed a 52-yarder. That's a spring game record for the Florida program. So, certainly, you got one guy missing chip shots, one guy breaking records. I think that uh, that's all you need to know about uh, where that competition is with the kickers. And right after the spring game, the day, the next day, the Gators, moving the thing to Thursday, had their spring showcase there on a Thursday night. It paid off because they landed a commitment from receiver Tyree Patterson, three-star receiver. But uh, Billy Napier, that's something that he has coached for years at Clemson, Alabama, and Arizona State, the receiver position. So got to trust his eye for talent. Tyree Patterson, a nice pickup there for the Florida Gators, who currently sit with just two commitments in the cycle with plenty of plenty of time to go. So, you know, just main takeaways from there. Anthony Richardson looked the part. That, that's exactly what you want to see coming out of spring football because he's going to have to carry you on offense. The, the running game and Anthony Richardson, that's going to be your hopes on the offensive side of the ball. Billy Napier is going to be – obviously calling the the plays that's his bread and butter down there and he's got himself a nice centerpiece and all sec freshman returning quarterback to build around and hey i'm leaving out of this thing encouraged and so was billy napier after the spring game audio's a little rough i tried to clean it up so hopefully you can hear this but billy napier very high on his sophomore quarterback anthony richardson after the conclusion of the spring game but Anthony, how do, you, how do you think he came out? He looked comfortable from the start, and, and do you think he functioned well, like in the offense that you? Yeah, I mean, I think you know Anthony's a production of a lot of hard work, and right? I mean, I can't say it enough. His approach um, has been first class, right? I mean, I think when I think about a quarterback, 
right? We think about a person who represents everything the organization is about, right? Certainly at the highest level of football, the quarterback is the face of the organization. They set the, the greatest example. You know, their work ethic, their attention to detail, their self-discipline, um, you know, their approach. So he's a product of his work. You know, he's learned a new system. Um, you know, standing behind him out there, it wasn't too big for him. He made it communicated well, and the ball went where it was supposed to go. Um, he was accurate, and the players around him played well, right? The pocket was clean. The guys made play on the ball, and um, it's a good day. You know, and I think um, to win, you need good quarterback play, right? You need good quarterback efficiency, and certainly he played well. Moving to the Saturday action, we got to start with the defending national champion, the Georgia Bulldogs. And, man, what a sight this was. If you're a Bulldog fan, you get you a championship ring. We'll throw those up on the YouTube screen if you haven't seen it. I mean, just uh, an incredible diamond-crusted thing. I, th I think it's got like 40-something diamonds. It's, got, of course, got the uh, college football trayoff, playoff trophy front and center. It's got your national championship winning score over Alabama on that bad boy. So, Man, Georgia fans have been waiting a long time for one of these, so soak it up. Enjoy the offseason of being the champs. And just, you know, any and any time and every time you're gonna have a, an opportunity to celebrate the fact that the Bulldogs are on top of the college football mountain. That's what they're gonna do, and that's what they did this weekend in Athens. And of course, uh, you know, we cannot talk about the Georgia Bulldogs without getting into this quarterback. What most people don't think is a controversy, I don't think is a controversy either at this point in time. But Stetson Bennett certainly looked good. He looked, you know, he had a lot of great touch on his throws like he has in the in the past. But, you know, with uh, Carson Beck, who certainly looks like he's cemented himself as uh, the only legit option, I think, under Stetson Bennett. I know Brock Vander, Vandergriff's getting a, a ton of hype this spring. But Carson Beck, Look to be on a different level this season. And, you know, I've seen some people argue Carson Beck looked even better than Stetson. I wouldn't go that far. I I mean, just listen to Kirby's comments. We'll play him here in a minute. But Stetson Bennett is going to be your starting quarterback in Athens. Unless, uh, God forbid, he gets injured during training camp or anything. But while no one is going to be hoping for that, you know, I think we're in a different place here in Athens with Carson Beck. Very, very quality backup. You know, I know he doesn't quite have the experience, but he's got the arm. Showcase that on Saturday, building on just his offseason growth. And like I said, I mean, what you may be lacking in Stetson Bennett and arm strength, you get all that in Carson. Of course, uh, Stetson's got the experience. He's your national champion. He got a little bit more mobility with his legs. So no problem showcasing that talent. He's already getting uh, a rapport going with Arik Gilbert who had two touchdowns in the spring game. And it's pretty wild that uh, Gilbert, I don't want to say he's out of shape because, hell, I can't say that as considering how out of shape I am. But he looked a little thick, yet the fact that he was out here scoring multiple touchdowns in this GDA game just gives you a, a window, in case you didn't know already, what an incredible, incredible talent he is. And, you know, the, the more he gets into shape, the better he's going to perform for the Georgia Bulldogs, he's got several months to get there. And, you know, this 
it's taken a while to, to, for him to get on the field in Athens, but it looks like that hard work has paid off, and it's just going to give Georgia, who's already got a ridiculous amount of talent at that tight end position. Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington didn't play, but behind Gilbert, Oscar Delp, the true freshman, he looked the part. He looked like a little mini Bowers out there making plays after the catch. He, was, he showed some toughness, caught one over the middle, took a big hit, Held on to the ball. So it looks like Georgia's getting another good one in Oscar Delp. The rich get richer, no doubt, there in Athens. I thought DeWan Edwards, the running back, junior running back, you know, I've not seen much of him in action. He scored two touchdowns in the spring game. He looked like a really quality player. He looked like the best running back out there, I thought, at least in the spring game for the Georgia Bulldogs. I know Milton made some plays, scored a nice touchdown on a wheel route from Stetson Bennett, but Hey, it looks like Georgia's got them another running back to get back there into uh, what should be another loaded backfield. Todd Munkin loves to utilize these running backs, and Edwards looks like the next guy in line to have a breakout season for the Georgia Bulldogs. And I thought, you know, one guy that uh, been hearing quite a bit about this spring, Dom Blaylock, someone's got to step up on the outside, outside of uh, A.D. Mitchell, and you know, based on what I'm hearing, based on what we saw on Saturday, I think Dom Blaylock is going to be one of your starting receivers for the Georgia Bulldogs. He looked the part for the defending national champions. And, you know, interestingly, after last season, the defense dominating, I thought the offense overall dominated this thing. And that's kind of what you want, I think, if you're the Georgia Bulldogs with your quarterback returning, with so many stars at tight end, with Quality receivers like Blaylock and A.D. Mitchell. The offense needed to lead the way because they're going to have to lead the way, I think, and be the better unit this season if Georgia is going to win the SEC this year and hopefully go back to the college football playoff. Uh, I thought those guys did a good job. I mean, when you, when you put them in a situation where it's a pass-happy type environment, it changes the D-line's demeanor, right? So there's no real run game to slow guys down and everybody's pinning their ears back. You have two two-minute situations, which are actually three minutes, but it was a three-minute, two-minute, and then another three-minute, two-minute, and you're up-tempo going, you know, that that makes sometimes for uh, tougher passing situations. But I, I really thought those guys made some plays. Standing back there with them, they stood in the pocket, um, made good decisions with the ball, um, made some vertical plays down the field, you know. And, and our style is, hey, we're going we're gonna to take shots. Well, it really wasn't a shot-type day because it wasn't a play-action-type day. It was a drop-back-pass type day. And those guys uh, executed well and uh, made some plays. They really, all three, got so much better during the spring. I mean, just the growth within the offense. See so much promise uh, in each one of them. You said it, so there you go. You just quoted. You said it. I mean, I, I don't have to say that. I mean, our team knows Stetson's our quarterback. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't – Stetson's done a tremendous job. Stetson has been incredible leader, um, done what we've asked. And you know what? The other two guys have gotten a whole lot better. And I think if you ask them, they're really comfortable back there in the in, in the pulpit throwing the ball. And I, th- I saw it today with both of them. They both have really good arm talent and done a great job. So Stetson knows where he stands on our team. It was really cool. Um, I have not gotten uh, my ring yet, but uh, I was really proud of those guys. You know, getting to see them there today and uh, the, the ovation they got means so much. I mean, those kid, those guys have given so much to this program. And there's a lot of guys. There's five years, six year. Three-year guys, I mean, there's like it's, – it's, it's a random group when it comes to the number of years served here. It's not like they're all one class. They all came in across really three years. 
and uh, they've, they've, they've changed the culture, the work ethic, and you know, there's a lot of guys before them that didn't get a ring that were out there today too that they were part of that same success. Some of that ring is theirs, and I think the, uh, the guys that got the rings would be the first to admit that. Now, next on the docket here, Alabama. Now, the weather conditions maybe, uh, you know, played a little, made it a lot difficult, more difficult for the offense to execute because on, you know, the exact opposite of Georgia, I thought the defense was almost dominant at the A-Day spring game. And, you know, the going back to the weather, man, the fans did not show out. I'd say about uh, – you know, they beat the Kentucky attendance, but not by much here in the reign of Tuscaloosa. That was kind of disappointing to see the fans not as engaged down there in Alabama for a spring game like they typically are. But, you know, interestingly, Bryce Young, I mean, again, here you, you try not to take too much away from a spring game. But, you know, I didn't even think he was necessarily the better quarterback of the game. And maybe that says more about uh, Jalen Milrow, or just the the steps he's taken this offseason because he looked like a tremendous, tremendous player. And here we were last season not having much confidence behind Bryce Young. I think we got that now in Milrow and even the uh, true freshman Ty Simpson, who was making a ton of plays with his legs, showed off some arm talent. But the big issue that plagued Alabama's offense last season still looks to be a huge concern. We still got to credit the defense, but the offensive line, I didn't think looked like anywhere where they needed to be here in Alabama. I know we got the Vanderbilt transfer Sheen coming in. Hopefully he's a starting player for you and a tackle, no doubt, because they, Will and this was basically the Will Anderson scrimmage. I mean, the, the guy was making plays left and right. He's the best player in the country for a reason. Multiple sacks, multiple tackles for loss third play of the game my god he jumps out of fumble I mean the guy was everywhere he had back-to-back sacks on one play Nick Saban out here screaming said uh, on the telecast we they don't they simply do not have anyone that can block number 31 Will Anderson and you know there may not be a, a team in the country that can so you know when Alabama's defense I say leads the way that's not hard to believe given uh, the conditions Will Anderson, just how outstanding he looked. But the offense is going to have a long ways to go. Uh, now, I did like first pass right out the gate. Bryce Young completed to Jermaine Burton. Give you an indication of uh, just how valuable he's going to be for the Crimson Tide's passing offense. And Jameer Gibbs, you know, he, he certainly showed his explosiveness, showed that hype. You know, he's legit. And it took a while, but he, he did have a 75-yard touchdown run right up the middle in the third quarter of the game, just kind of showing what he can bring to this offense. Uh, a lot of these running backs were getting, were catching the ball out of the backfield. So, you know, overall, uh, a really good day for Gibbs. And Burton, again, didn't have that many targets, but he looked like he's going to seamlessly fit in there to the to be Alabama's number one receiver this season for Bryce Young. But, uh, again, the major takeaway for me watching this thing was just I'm trying to shake – I'm shaking my head here wondering how Alabama's offensive line looks so bad when all you got out there is four- and five-star linemen. Something, something's got to give here. Now, they certainly took steps 
late in the season to become a much better unit. Can they do that again? I don't know. That remains to be seen. But that's the biggest question mark now I have with Alabama is, uh, you know, either that or Alabama is just going to be getting 10 sacks a game because their damn defense is so dominant. Can't rule that out just yet either. But that, uh, you know, that that left a lasting impression on me. Alabama's offensive line is going to have to get a lot better if the Crimson Tide are going to repeat as SEC champs and win another national championship, which is just the expectation nowadays in Tuscaloosa. I think it was really tough conditions. You know, one of the things that we didn't do all spring was have wet ball practice, and we never had a, a practice in the rain, um, which we've never done in the spring. We always do in the fall in case we get a day like this when we play a game. So I do think that was probably uh, a, a bit of an issue for um, throwing the ball, catching the ball, a uh, couple turnovers early in the game. Uh, but, you know. Just from Jalen and Ty, just what did you see from them today in terms of their performance, but also just leading the offense in general? Yeah, I think they were much better. I mean, obviously, you know, Jalen can make plays running the ball, and he made some today, uh, but he also made some good throws. And, um, you know, we, we we were especially conscious of the fact that we were not going to do the things that he could do uh, in the spring. We were going to make him run the offense, try to become a better passer, try to become a better pocket presence, a better reader of coverages. And I, I think – you know, he made progress in those areas. And, um, you know, Ty, for a guy that's only been here in the spring, I uh, thought he made some, you know, good plays for the first time out. Uh, he's a very conscientious guy, really works hard at it. Uh, preparation is important, you know, to the development of quarterbacks, and those guys have done a good job all spring. Yeah, when Jameer uh, gives us the portal, uh, how quickly did his burst stand out to you guys? Um, probably does it stand out to you. I mean – Fast is fast, right? Guys getting the top speed quickly is obvious. And um, I think, you know, he he gives us, you know, something at the running back position uh, because he's really good at pressing the holes, uh, but he has a great burst to get the top speed quickly and setting up blocks and, um, you know, very good running back, very good receiver, a good third down back. Uh, so um, very good addition. Coach Will Anderson, obviously one of the most dominant players in the country last year, comes back. How much did he improve this spring? And uh, just how excited are you to get to watch him play this fall? Yeah, he did well. Um, I, I, you know, Will's a great competitor. So in every situation that he's in, whether it's practice, regardless of what it is, he all gives 100%. So that's a great example for the other guys on the team. He's a really good leader. Um, and... You know, I think his knowledge of the defense and uh, the things that we're going to ask him to do, um, you know, he did very well last year. And hopefully we can, you know, continue to make progress in a lot of areas. But, you know, somebody asked me the other day, what's Will's weakness? And I said, well, uh, he's got to learn more about pass coverage uh, because he plays a position where every now and then, you know, he's supposed to drop. But, I mean, you all are you know, gurus of the game. Um, should we spend a lot of time on him dropping or letting him rush? So his weakness is pass coverage. <laughs> but he helps the pass defense when he sacks the quarterback. Next, let's kick it on down to Columbia, where, man, quite the setting down there for the Gamecocks in Shane Beamer's second season, roaming the sidelines for the South Carolina Gamecocks. 
And the major takeaway, everybody wanted to see Spencer Rattler. I think, if you're being honest, he's everything I said he was. You know, he is a major, major upgrade for you. But at the same time, again, we're not trying to make too many uh, <laughs> takeaways from a spring game. But you can, I think, if you're being honest with yourself, you're, you saw far from a Heisman candidate in this offense. And maybe that's more of a question of Marcus Satterfield on the weapons that Spencer Rattler has to work with. And maybe it's just, hell, he's just a couple weeks into the system. But major upgrade, but let's pump the brakes on all the Heisman talk. You won seven games without him. The goal should be winning eight, nine, possibly ten games this season. And based on what he showed, I mean, he has got the arm talent to potentially get you there. So that was kind of the big thing that I think I've, I, along with everybody else, wanted to see is how does Spencer Rattler look? Does his arm live up to the hype? And it certainly, certainly did. And the other guy that's living up to the spring hype, someone we've talked a lot about on this show, Marshawn Lloyd. Big-time fourth-down conversion, just juking guys out of his shoe. Beamer uh, said on the broadcast, you know, he was – Lloyd was not 100% last season. I think that was evident if you watched him play. But – they think they got that 100% Marshawn Lloyd now to go with a Christian Beale Smith, who was a solid running back for Wake Forest. And, you know, maybe the biggest takeaway from the South Carolina spring game, Juju McDowell, I mean, he looks like one hell of a third running back for you. And that's before you even get to Rashad Amos and uh, Lavoisier Carroll. I mean, South Carolina could potentially be loaded at the running back position based on what we saw from Marshawn Lloyd and Juju McDowell and Christian Beale Smith here in the uh, Garnet and Black spring game here. I also thought, uh, you know, we we didn't get a ton of them, but uh, the true freshman quarterback, Braden Davis, I thought he looked very solid. Not to say that uh, he's anywhere near ready to compete in the SEC, but I think he got something promising in the true freshman. And when... Uh, Whenever Spencer Rattler leaves, Luke Doty, maybe that next guy. But uh, I think Davis has got a bright, bright future in Columbia. At least that was just my initial read on what we saw from the young freshman. I thought uh, the James Madison transfer, Juice Wells, number three. He looked like one of the better receivers on the field. He certainly passed the eye test. And Chad Tyrell, how about Chad Tyrell? Didn't play much last year. Didn't I don't think he played at all last year, they said. Converted receiver to a tight end, made a big touchdown in the game. That's going to be something to watch. Mitch Jeter competing for the starting kicker job, nailed a 47-yard field goal. He looked like uh, he may be your next starting kicker there, replacing the great Parker White, who's, of course, the all-time leading scorer in South Carolina Gamecocks history. And if you missed the game, you know, it was a little bit of uh, game action mixed in with drills, so it was uh, not your typical spring game, but those were my major takeaways from the South Carolina spring game. You know, I, overall, you can see that. The, the biggest thing, I guess, was just the energy, the enthusiasm, this fan base, because like I said, at Alabama, they didn't show up. Some of these others, they didn't show up, but at South Carolina, they sure as hell did. They're fired up for the future there in Columbia, but they're going to have to do it without four players because. Monday, after the spring came to conclusion, we had E.J. Jenkins and Eric Shaw, both tight ends, as well as defensive lineman Devonta Davis and Jakeem Green enter the NCAA transfer portal, which 
you know, not a big surprise. This is what's going to happen around not only the SEC but college football. Got to get into that portal by May 1, spring coming to an end. They're probably not happy with, uh, you know, the, their position, all the depth charts. So they got to find somewhere else to play. But I uh, just wanted to make that note that, uh, you know, I, I would imagine South Carolina is going to be making some additions, but they lost four players here to the transfer portal on Monday exiting the spring. Shane, from an overall offensive uh, look, you know, how much of the playbook would you say you guys used tonight, and how do you think Spencer played? I thought Spencer did well. Um, you know, operated. We we had the play clocks going and and uh, really didn't have any personnel issues or play clock issues. We're pretty clean from that standpoint. Um, certainly we weren't showing everything, but it wasn't like we were uh, limiting a whole lot either. You know, I've been – there was nothing that we said offensively that we – weren't going to do like formation wise or personnel groupings. There was nothing that I told Clayton, Hey, don't, don't blitz us or don't do this. I mean, he could run whatever he wanted. And there's certainly things that he didn't show defensively, some packages that we've used in the past and, and some new things we have. And certainly there's some things offensively that we didn't do a, a ton of, but you know, it was, it was wide open if you wanted it to be, but I thought Spencer, thought Spencer did, did a, uh, did a good job, made some throws and, and has some receivers and tight ends and running backs, make some catches for him too. Shane, obviously we didn't have the opportunity to, to see Marshawn this spring in the, in the 14 practices that you have, but some of the videos that did come out, it looked like he showed that explosiveness and it yeah. looked like he showed that tonight. You know, What can you say just about his mental toughness, trying to come back from that injury, and how pleased does that make you feel, especially heading into fall camp now? Yeah, really fired up about him and, and uh, the spring that he's had. Obviously, highly recruited coming out of high school, 2020 gets injured. He may tell you that he was healthy and 100% last year. I don't think so. I mean, he, to me, never looked like the Marshawn, 100% Marshawn. But this spring, he's been on a uh, – I've told, I've said it before to you guys, He's he's been on a mission and very purposeful about the way that he's worked since he came back in January. Um, and I think he looks faster. I think he looks more explosive. Um, you know, we're continuing to emphasize to him what a load he is and how hard he is to tackle. Uh, and continuing to get north-south and, and, and run through people as well. But he's worked on his route running. He's worked on his pass catching. Thought he's had a really good spring. And, you know, and he was out there tonight, the way we broke up the teams, he was out there with that second team offensive line. But, you know, he wouldn't never complain. He just went out there and just ran the football. That was good to see. So with uh, crowd attendance, we have 20,671. Now there's a lot of social media chatter right now. They're saying that they think the number was larger. So I wanted to ask you from your standpoint, do you think there were more than 20,000 people out there? One right? billion percent. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who said that you. I don't know who said 20,000. <laughs> there was more than 20,000 in there. I can promise you that. Thank you. You're welcome. And last thing, I just want to hit on this real quick. We'll get to more Arkansas talk. If you missed it, their spring game had to be moved inside into the facility. So, uh, you know, I kind of watched a little bit of that, but tough to glean a, a ton. But nonetheless, we'll we'll do a deep dive on what we saw from the, uh, the, the practice facility, the scrimmage. They're just calling it an open scrimmage down there. But Sam Pittman, contract extension, looks like all parties have agreed to it. Let's kick it over to Sam Pittman real quick on what he had to say after landing his uh, much-discussed contract this offseason in Fayetteville. There, there's some chatter that you're getting really, really close to your contract deal, and like the terms of it could be something pretty interesting. Uh, any, any, any thoughts that you could give us there about how close you're getting and how you feel about it? Well, I mean, um, 
I've, I've agreed to what they've offered and they agreed that when I agreed. So I don't know what all that means. Do you? I agreed, they agreed. So that means I guess we agreed. How do you feel about it all? Awesome. Awesome. You know, I will tell you this, it's going to have a non-compete clause in it, and and that's about all I'll say about it until, but I'm glad it does. Uh, it allows us to recruit. You know, there's a lot of different things in recruiting, but one of them happens to be stability. And, you know, they can fire me. I mean, whenever they get good and ready to, but I can't leave, if that makes sense, you know, and, and uh, don't want to anyway, so it's, it, we're using that. But you have 130 schools, eight of them have the head coach, their offense and defensive coordinators still there in the last three years, is what I read somewhere. So you got eight schools that got the head coach, OC, DC, of 130, the same ones they had three seasons ago. So are going into their third season, excuse me. So we're trying to sell this contract as as stability. All right, so hey, that's going to be it for this episode of the show. And like I said, I know there's more spring games. We're going to get to those. I'm trying to line up some really great guests this week. Got a couple lined up that will uh, you know, be able to carry the conversation all across the SEC. So be on the lookout for that. And who knows, might just be able to get Cousin Shane back on the line Hopefully uh, he's not, as long as he's not cracked open too many Coors Lights, he'll be available to jump on the show at some point this week. So look forward, be on the lookout for shows the rest of the week. That's all I got on this one. We'll catch you on the next one.